Welcome back, TC family. Did you know that Teen Challenge of Southern California is celebrating 60 years of continuous ministry here in Southern California next year? We are grateful to God for His faithful hand over this ministry. If you're a pastor or involved in full-time ministry, don't miss our pastor's conference this year. We are partnering together with World Challenge and Gary Wilkerson for the Fire in Our Bones Conference, and this year it will be hosted in San Diego February 15th through the 17th. There's an exciting lineup of speakers and worship artists, and you can register right now at teenchallenge.org pastors. Early bird registration ends on November 30th, so register today if you haven't. Before we kick it off, we want to remind you of a valuable resource, and that's our 24-7 helpline. You can call anytime, anywhere, day or night, and a Teen Challenge staff member will be on the other end waiting for your call. If you or a loved one needs prayer or help with addiction, call us right now at 888-520-0620. We hope you're encouraged by today's message from our executive director, Rom Brown. Get ready to hear God's word today. Our theme this year is mutually encouraged for the Pastors Conference, and God has put a word on my heart to share with all of us. You know, when Paul uh, was speaking to the church in Rome and writing to them about being mutually encouraged, it was as though he caught himself when he was saying that he was going to bring a spiritual gift to them. And then he said, well, wait a minute. I also need to be encouraged. And so let's read from Romans chapter 1. I long to see you so that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to make you strong. That is, that you and I may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. The Apostle Paul, as we all know, is one of the fathers of the church. As Jesus sent him out to share the gospel with the Gentiles and, and this wonderful birth of the church was going on, Paul had heard about the church in Rome, and he spoke about that before verse 11, uh, and he was sharing about how he was praying for them. He said, throughout the world, everyone has heard about what you're doing. That's amazing. What Paul, but Paul said, I thank God for you, the Roman believers. So I believe that mutually encouragement, the encouragement of the saints, especially in these difficult days that we're in, begins with prayer. If we're not praying for one another, we don't have any insight from the Holy Spirit on how to effectively encourage one another in the faith. So Paul said, I thank God that I'm, I remember you. I'm praying for the believers in Rome, uh, that your faith that's been reported throughout the world will be strong. Hallelujah. He says, I constantly remain in prayer for you at all times. Brothers and sisters, we need to pray for one another, especially as we see the day of the Lord approaching and as we've been in these difficult days together. So mutually encouragement, and when we talk about that theme this year, it really begins in the prayer room. It begins in the prayer closet. It begins in that place that we're calling on the name of the Lord. I want you to know that we've been calling on the name of the Lord on behalf of you, your church, and your ministry here at Teen Challenge, and we will continue to do so because we know that what we need more than anything is encouragement that comes from the Holy Spirit. Paul said, I long to see you in person. We too long to see you in person. But because of what's going on with the pandemic, we're not able to be together in the same room this year, but we long to be together. See, that longing creates a desire that informs us in our prayer time. And so we remember you today. 
And we'll, the part that I want to focus on in this passage of scripture is in verse number 11. When he said, I long to see you so that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to make you strong. Now, some translations use the, uh, the words to make you established, to make you strong is here in the NIV, but to establish you. What does it mean to be established? It means to be set firm. It means to be set solid and to be made stable because the, the winds of adversity, they blow. We've received a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Hallelujah. That's what the writer of Hebrews tells us in Hebrews chapter 12. And so there's a lot of things that causes turmoil in our lives. But Paul said that we may be established. We may be firmly set and resolute in the place that God has called us. Are you set and firmly established and resolute in the place that God has called you? Or have you felt like giving up? I want you to know today that God's gifts and callings are irrevocable. He has not changed his mind. He called you and he appointed you he anointed you and he placed you in the ministry. So keep on standing. And after having done all, keep on standing again with the full armor of God because the Lord has placed you for such a time as this. That word established means to, uh, to when someone comes along closely, like a paracleo, it's a, it's a Greek word uh, that means that someone comes along and they console you. This is this encouragement to console, to comfort, uh, to assist you, to counsel you, and to advise you. You know who's doing that in our lives today? The Holy Spirit. Jesus called the Holy Spirit the paraclete. He said that he would come and he would lead and guide us. He would comfort us. He would never leave us alone. And he would give us the ability to fulfill God's purpose uh, and, and destiny in our lives. We have the comforter. In John chapter 14, 6, Jesus said, I'm going to send you another comforter. I want you to know that the comforter, the Holy Spirit is right there encouraging you in this journey. What does it mean for us to be established? We need to, to, to really be firmly put on solid ground. There's a lot of things that move around us. Jesus said that when we build, we must build on a solid foundation so that when the winds of adversity come, when the rains of circumstance come, that whatever we build will be able to stand. I want you to know that you will stand. You are standing and God is standing with you. You are not alone. God will never, ever leave you alone. Jesus said, lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And I want you to know that he's standing with you, saints. He's standing with you, men and women of God who are serving, who are giving out of the word of God, who are laboring over the saints, who are doing everything that God has instructed and called you to do. The Lord is standing alongside of you. Hallelujah. And he will not fail you. Encouragement must become a lifestyle. It must become a habit. It's not something that do, we do every once in a while, but it's something that we need daily. Can you say that with me? Daily, I need encouragement. Daily, I need to encourage someone else. And this this giving and taking of encouragement is when the Holy Spirit shows up and we really begin to fellowship deeply with him and with one another that we can 
see this strengthening that comes, this establishing that God brings into our lives individually and corporately as churches and as ministers of the gospel of Jesus Christ. In Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24, it says, and let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. Consider one another's. What does it mean to consider someone? It means to think about them. As the Apostle Paul said, I'm thinking about you, so I'm praying about you. I'm thinking about you, so I'm blessing you. I'm thinking about you, so I'm longing to see you. I'm thinking about you, hallelujah. And my prayers are that God will fill you with this spirit, that he will fill you with this grace, that he will impart his goodness to you so that you will be able to do all that he has called us to do. When we are firmly uh, established, we can't be shaken. Everything that can be shaken will be shaken. But when we are firmly established, we can't be shaken. It means to be secure, to be permanently in this position of faith and filled with the peace of God. You know, I think about the disciples when Jesus was in the boat and they were going over the Sea of Galilee and the wind began to blow. Jesus was asleep in the boat and the disciples began to cry out, Master, save us. Jesus said, what's the problem? I'm right here with you. Jesus is in the boat with you. Jesus is in your ministry. Jesus is in your marriage and your family. Jesus is in your church. Jesus is the Lord of the church, and he's with you. And the winds are, are tossing us to and fro, but I want you to know that there's a peace, hallelujah, that we can receive that the world can't give us that Jesus wants to impart to us because he is in the boat with us. To be established means to be accepted, to rec be recognized, hallelujah. Hallelujah. And to be set on a firm support. We need a firm support structure in our lives. Hallelujah. Your word, O oh Lord, is a lamp to my feet. The foundation of our faith is the word of God. So you keep on preaching the gospel. You keep on reading the word of God. You keep on being encouraged because God's words never fail. Hallelujah. Heaven and earth may pass away, but his word will remain. Hallelujah. So God's word is remaining with you. Even when you're shaking and your knees are knocking together, God's word remains. Hallelujah. Even when you don't know exactly how to handle the situation that has landed on your desk, hallelujah, God's word remains, hallelujah. Even when you get bad news from the doctor and you don't know how you're going to be able to make it through, God's word remains. We are established in the faith because we stand on his word and we will be steadfast, immovable, hallelujah, and moving forward in the things of God, hallelujah. You know, when we establish, it also means that we walk in holiness, that we walk in obedience to the word of God. To be established, it means to stabilize something, hallelujah, to buttress it so that, so that there's this movement that goes, but you, you will not fall, you won't fail, you won't fall, you won't fail. Why? Because we are confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in us will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. That's what Paul wrote to the church of Philippi, Philippians 1.6. We have this inner strength and this resolve to continue. And, and, you know, we go through suffering sometimes. 
Jesus never promised us that we wouldn't go through a time of suffering and difficulty. Indeed, he tells us in this world we would have tribulation, that difficulties would come. But be strong, be resolute, be established firmly in the faith because I overcame the world and you too will overcome. Do you believe that today? Jesus has overcome, and I want you to know that the overcomer is with you. The overcomer is in you. The overcomer is leading you. The overcomer is guiding you, and he has given you the power and presence of his Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. God is the one who establishes. See, Paul said, I I want to come to you and bring you a spiritual gift And then he said, well, wait a minute. I also want to be encouraged by the spiritual gifting in you. But it is God who's the one who establishes us. You didn't call yourself into the ministry. You didn't plant yourself in the ministry. God called you. So he was the one who established you. Hallelujah. So God is with you and his power and his strength will never, ever fail. What does it mean that that God has called us and he establishes? There's a responsibility that we have to keep ourselves in this place of being established to fulfill God's work. What What do we have to do? We have to strengthen our heart. The Bible says in 1 Samuel 30 that David encouraged himself in the Lord. When there's some, no one there to encourage you, encourage yourself and you will find the spillover of God's praise. The spillover of God's worship will begin to touch everything around you so that you will begin to sing the songs of Zion. Hallelujah. You'll be able to, to go through all of the, the tragedies and the difficulties. And there's been a lot of tragedy over these last few years. But I want you to know that the comforter has come and the comforter will never lift. The comforter will never leave. What is that? What else? some of our other responsibilities, how we think. We're to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Don't be conformed and shaped to the the world system in the way that it answers difficulties, but we're to be conformed not to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Hide the word of God in your heart. Read the word of God. Study the word of God. Listen to the word of God because that keeps our mind in the right place. And as I said earlier, prayers, oh, how important prayer is. We must pray for ourselves. We must pray for one another. And then the truth of the gospel, then exercising spiritual gifts. God has given great gifts to the body. Paul talks about that in 1 Corinthians 12 and Romans 12. He talks about those gifts that we have and that mutually encouragement is an encouragement that comes from the Holy Spirit. It's not just me patting you on the back and saying everything is going to be okay, but it's literally the power and presence of the Holy Spirit bringing to our mind a word in a, in a moment, hallelujah, that will be targeted, that will go right to the place of need. Have you ever had a word in season? A word in season that was fitly spoken and it brought hope, it brought strength, it brought peace, it brought encouragement. That's what God wants to bring into your life. And so I pray that there is a releasing of the gifts of the Spirit to begin to operate in the body of Christ more and more and more. Hallelujah. We need to walk in the fullness of the truth. You know, I think about Aaron and her as they were in the battle against the Amalekites with Moses. 
And Moses was getting weary in the battle and, and they put a rock under him so that he could sit. And then one got on the left hand, one got on the right hand and Aaron and Hur lifted his hands in the midst of the battle. That's what mutual encouragement looks like. Hallelujah. Give me a place that I can sit. The Lord says, I prepared a table for you in the presence of your enemies. I prepared a table for you in the midst of the trial, in the midst of the test, in the midst of the suffering. I've prepared a table so come Come and drink, hallelujah, of my mercy. Come and take of my loving kindness. Come and feast on my goodness. Come and feast on my mercy. I have set the table for you. Rest in me. Come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden. And I hear the Lord saying, I will give you rest. Hallelujah. And so Aaron and her, they held up Moses' arms. We need to, to not isolate ourselves. We need to make ourselves available in the community to other churches, to other pastors that we can find fellowship with. Fellowship is so, so important for us being established firmly in the faith so that we can fulfill the purposes of God. Hallelujah. Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 16 and 17 says this. Now may our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father who has loved us and given us eternal comfort and good hope by grace, comfort and strengthen your hearts in every good work and word. Hallelujah. What a powerful word of encouragement that Paul wrote to Timothy, his protege in the ministry. He says that God himself, he's our father. Hallelujah. He loves us and he wants to give us eternal comfort, good hope by grace, comfort and strengthen us so that every good work and every good word that he has placed in us will fully be manifest and realized through the power and presence of the Holy Spirit. You know, the word retreat is not in our vocabulary. We are advancing, hallelujah, in the name of Jesus. So in those moments when you're tempted to quit, when those moments when you're tempted to, to step back, I want you to know that you can step up, step forth, and step into the promises of God and remain there because God is your stability. The Holy Spirit is on the left and he's on the right. When you can't find another human being, I want you to know the Holy Spirit is there. And he says, I will hold you up. Hallelujah. I will establish you. I will keep you. Hallelujah. And I will lead you forward, lead you into the fullness of all that the Father has called us to do. What does the church look like when the church is established? The lost are coming to Christ. Keep bringing people the gospel so that they will come into the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ. What does it mean when the church is established? The believers, they continue to mature in their faith, character, and conduct. Continue to challenge people with the truth. Don't be afraid. Be fearless in speaking the truth and love in the name of Jesus. Because we need the truth, hallelujah, so that we'll be established. What does the church look like when it's established? All kinds of spiritual gifts are being encouraged exercise and maturing in their effect in the body of Christ. What does it look like when the church is established? 
The mission heart of God, hallelujah, is birthed in the body of believers, and we are sending and receiving missionaries. You say in the midst of a pandemic? Absolutely in the midst of a pandemic. We don't shrink back. The gospel has not changed. The word has not changed. Jesus is still on the throne, hallelujah, and his desire still is that none should perish, but all should come to the knowledge of the truth. Yes, we use wisdom in how we move about and how we get things done, but the mission of God continues, the mission of God does not change. Hallelujah. What does it mean, again, for the church to be established? There's an indelible mark of God's grace flowing in the community, transforming individuals, transforming families. Hallelujah. And it touches every area of our community, the economics, the government, uh, all of the education system. The community is made better because the church is here. Hallelujah. That's why you're here. You're here to make things better. That's what Jesus told Adam. I mean, that's what God said to Adam in the beginning. He said, Adam, here's this territory called the Garden of Eden. I want you to tend it. I want you to work it. I want you to make it better. I want you to improve it. That's why God placed you in that community that you're in, so that you can tend, hallelujah, and that you can make better the community around you. I want to close with this word from Acts chapter 4, verse 32. And this is a church that was established. This is in the book of Acts when the church was just beginning and it was established firmly in the faith. And that's what Paul was saying. I'm praying for you. I've heard about. See, don't get so enamored with your reputation. See, Paul said, I've heard about you, church in Rome, uh, and, and people all over the world are talking about you. Don't worry about what people are saying about you. You just keep on being faithful. You just keep on serving. You keep on loving. You keep on teaching. You keep on preaching. You keep on worshiping. You keep on glorifying God. So don't worry about your reputation. Your reputation will take care of itself. Jesus made himself of no reputation. So don't worry about your reputation. Hallelujah. You just keep being faithful. But this is the church. As I close with this word, I pray that your hearts will be encouraged. Acts chapter 4, starting at verse number 32. Speaking of the church in the book of Acts. And the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of their possessions were their own, but they shared everything they had. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And God's grace was so powerfully at work in them all that there were no needy persons among them. From the time to time, those who owned land and houses sold them and brought the money from the sales and put it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to everyone who had need. The church established is making a difference. The church established is feeding the poor. The church established is ministering to the widows and the orphans. The church established is continuing to give testimony to the resurrection of Jesus. Our God is alive, and so we have a living hope, hallelujah. And no matter what is going on around us, we can bring that hope, not because we have everything within ourselves of our own strength, but we have been strengthened on the inside because of the power, presence, and influence of the Holy Spirit. So church, be established. Be established. Keep preaching the gospel. The Lord is with you. Father, thank you so much for this season that you have 
brought us through and you're continuing to bring us through, I pray that every church, every minister, every ministry that preaches your gospel will be strengthened, will be established, will be firmly set in place, never to be moved, no matter what is going on, because we trust in you. We trust in your goodness. We trust in your mercy. Holy Spirit, keep encouraging each one of us as we run this race with endurance in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. God bless you. Thanks for joining us today. We hope you've been encouraged and blessed by this message. Did you know that subscribing to this podcast is free? So please subscribe today if you haven't already. And if you're blessed by this podcast, would you consider telling a friend or a family member about it today? We'll see you next week. God bless you today, my friends.